Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. Every week... Dad and I sit down and we try and keep you company throughout the lockdown. Now, obviously, Dad used to be a cop and a firefighter and, you know, he ran a funeral home as well. And that's what the show is about. If you're joining us and you're new to the show, Loose Ends is a really weird way to listen. But basically what we're doing is just trying to keep people sane during the lockdown. I'm over in Victoria. Dad's over in Sydney. And uh, the book just launched, Electric Blue, my second book about Dad's adventures, just launched. Um, Another big thank you to everyone who tuned in to our wonderful, wonderful book launch, which was uh, on the weekend and hosted by Kumi Taguchi from the ABC. And Dad, you just bumped into her this morning. Dearest uh, listeners, firstly, can I say that, um, do I start every podcast off by saying what I've just said, Paul? I don't know what you're about to say. No, the bit I just said before. I Oh, dearest just... listeners? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's charming. It's very old school. Thank you. you know. um, firstly, I'd like to say that I... Absolutely love doing the podcast with you. Oh, thanks. And I I kind of, in the back of my heart, kind of, I get a bit sort of tinged with a minor degree of sadness knowing that, well, hopefully, I don't ever want this to end. Right. So I would like to be doing this podcast in, say, 40 or 50 years. I have zero, zero problem with that, Dad. I love it. Yep. I, I actually find it um, stimulating and... I listened to a few other podcasts during the week and I think it's interesting getting different perspectives. I've never really wanted to listen to other podcasts, particularly in relation to crime, because I didn't want it to influence our material yeah, and the way we interact. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I'm, I'm particularly happy with the way we're going and, um, and I hope we can continue to move forward and I hope the listeners enjoy what we give them every week. Well, you know, one of the reasons we keep doing this is because of the listeners and mm. because of the readers and because yeah. of everyone out there. And obviously, you know, we've not talked about this much, but the fact is that, and we can't say much, but Loose Units has been optioned to become a TV show. And mm. we can't say anything else about it at this stage, but it's super, super exciting. So, I, d- I mean, I don't think we'll be stopping anytime soon, Dad. No. Although a really smart way to keep doing a true crime or true crime ish podcast is to maybe we can like sub, like maybe we can commit some crimes. Uh, potentially. You know, you are a you're an actual mind reader, Paul. The second you said that, I was about to say we could go out and commit some crimes. Sure, sure. Um, you know, generate some crimes, content. Not real crimes. Like what? Like do you mean? I could, I could sort of kidnap a mannequin. Uh huh. That's sitting on a bench in the city. That's not a crime, though, so we can't, you know. 
No, but we could anyway. Now back to Kumi, the lovely yes, back um, to Kumi. ABC journalist who mm. hosted the book launch on Saturday night. Yeah, um, I've never met her, and through a strange sequence of circumstances, try saying that quickly. Mm-hmm. I decided not to go for my morning soft sand run at Manly, and okay, get ready for this, listeners. I didn't go this morning and I always drive across the Harbour Bridge and there was a dreadful fatality on the Harbour Bridge this morning. Oh, shit. And Christine called me to see if I was okay and I just reflected for a short period of time because somebody this morning in this city woke up and their life, we can assume, was fairly normal in light of taking into consideration the current situation we're all in. Now, this particular lady, she was travelling across the Harbour Bridge and she had a head-on collision. Uh, I don't know a lot about the accident. I just know that the poor firefighters from the Rocks Station, Mm -hmm. the traffic was so bad that they had to get to the scene on foot, which is just... I think to myself, what an amazing group of firefighters running through the traffic because it was so gridlocked. Oh, Jesus. They had to carry all their gear on foot to the scene. It's not a, that is not a coron- common occurrence. But I feel for those firefighters. I feel for the police. I feel for the helicopter pilot and crew that had to land in the middle of the harbour bridge. I mean... Did you, see this, did, did you see this happening? No, no, no. I, I am coming to the story about life mm. is a funny thing. The day, the one day in the last God knows how many years I decided not to go running, mm. I didn't drive across the Harbour Bridge. I drove my trusty ute because the brakes had been squeaking and I thought I'll get it serviced. So I drove to a suburb kind of in the inner inner city mm-hmm. of Sydney called Glebe. I drove into this... It, it has just been the strangest morning. I drove into or tried to get into this car park and to my knowledge, it's the only way you can get into this car park and, and there was a barrier down and it said, use this other weird entry. So I drove round the block. I drove into this weird car park but it took me to a floor above where I wanted to be and I kept driving around and around in circles and I thought I was trapped in a weird vortex of madness. I sure. couldn't find my way out of the car park. Okay. So then I had to go against the arrow and eventually I made my way down and then I'm chatting to these other people that had their car booked in as well and they all experienced the same mad, crazy, bizarre Sort of, so I knew it just wasn't me. Yeah. I dropped my car off, and the lovely guy said, Look, it's going to be. He remembered my ute from before, and he said, The brakes are touch and go. It's going to cost. And I just thought, and I had to do a quote today after lunch. I'd organized to do an antique quote. And he said, It's going to be all day. And I said, Well, I was planning on just hanging around. And then I also have a bit of an ear infection because it's called swimmer's ear. So I'd gone online and made an appointment nearby at a doctor's surgery I'd never been to. Mm-hmm. And bef- and I was kind of early between booking my car off and going to the doctor's. Yep. I go into a coffee shop in Glebe I've never, ever been in. I'm <laughs> sitting there, I see this girl walk in, and I thought, that looks like Kumi from the ABC. 
yep. who, who did the, the book launch. Yeah. And I just thought, well, it probably, no, it, it's not possible that it can be her because that would be so weird. And I actually embarrassingly kind of half shouted out, oh, Kumi, and she just didn't react. And then I realized that it wasn't Kumi. But then she sat down and then I, I had another, I mean, to make a fool of oneself in a cafe is slightly awkward. But then I thought, shall I go for a second awkward moment? And I, th- I studied, but it was in profile, her face, and I hadn't, and I don't know her really. And then I, I thought, I'll give it another go. And I said, oh, Kumi. And she looked over and she just said, John. And then she joined me and I just, and then we took a, a like a, a photograph of the two of us and sent mm-hmm. it to you and Tegan. And I had about half an hour chatting and it was, and I listened to her a lot, which I was happy with because I also like the listeners to know that I actually can listen. <laughs> um, uh, then I went to the doctors and I had to put a mask on and it was really, really full on. And I suffer from this uh, syndrome called, now the, there might be some medical people out there that will kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's called white coat syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? No. So I've got really, really good blood pressure. In fact, I have no real ailments. But whenever I go into a doctor's surgery and they connect me to a blood pressure machine, my blood pressure goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And it was alarmingly high. But then they, I explained the white coat syndrome. And then it, she did it a second time and it went down. And then she did it a third time and went down Just further. quickly, Dad, you've not actually told me what white coat syndrome is. No, I'm about to. Oh well, it means okay. that when they, when a doctor or someone in the medical profession takes your blood pressure, yeah, and they're quite often wearing a white coat, yeah, it elevates my blood pressure. Why? Because it's kind of I'm slightly anxious that I'm going to have high blood pressure. Okay. And I don't have high blood pressure, but okay. to prove the point, a year ago a doctor connected me to a monitor that I had to wear for, I think it was a minimum of twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and every maybe one hour. For 24 hours, it took my blood pressure. What? And it proved that I didn't have high blood pressure because the little machine that was attached to me and I wore this monitor attached to my waist, uh, it was just taking 24 random samples of my blood pressure, but I was not in a medical situation. I was just carrying on regardless day to day. Are you sure this guy was a doctor? Paul? He didn't just get given some Fitbit and told to wander. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the great thing about our podcast is that quite often you get to hear little tidbits that you've not heard before. Tid. D. Tidbits. <clears throat> oh, not. Did not I say tidbits? Tit? L- listen, Dad, uh, obviously, one of the great things about Electric Blue that I really enjoyed is the fact that it sort of brought um, the show momentarily back towards the forensics years which I really enjoyed mm-hmm. and towards the mm-hmm. police years because you know uh, this season we're doing the funeral home last season you were talking about your time as a firefighter mm-hmm. and for two seasons before that it was the police and I've missed the police and I think what's happened is we've gotten some really great listener questions that have been related to the police Excellent. so um, I, I've got a question here from Wes yeah Hi, Paul and John. Love the podcast and the books. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight exclamation marks, which is a very nice endorsement. My pop grandfather was a Victoria police officer for 39 years, QPM recipient. What's QPM, Dad? It sounds like, well, I would, I would guess that the first 
word or letter. Yeah. Stands for queen. Sure. The M, which is Police? at the end, metal? is metal. Yeah. And the P could be for... Police. Parsley. Oh, sure. The Queen's Parsley Medal. Princely. Yep. Uh, pedantic. Yep. Partial. Yeah. It, we, this could, Dad, this could go on for the whole Thomas. show. Oh, I'm going to keep reading. Uh, he once told me about arriving at a rail accident one day and there was a decapitated body. The head was sitting next to the body. He looked, walked around, thought for a minute and then said, okay, who moved the body? A young constable came forward and said it was me, Super. I thought out of respect for the body. John, did you ever encounter anything like that that constituted interference with evidence? By the way, you mentioned in the series about heads being squashed by buffers in rail shunting yards. Pop attended just such an accident. Freaky. Cheers, Wes. So, Dad, did you ever encounter anything that constituted interference with evidence during your time in the police or the fire brigade? But I went to a lot of um, deceased uh, involved in um, impact with trains. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, generally speaking, the body parts are fairly close to each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they might get scattered over a distance, depending on, you know, if, if you were to sort of crawl up to the track and put your neck on the actual track as the train was coming, the head would just drop to the other side. A little bit like if you're guillotined, you may recall or not recall, because I'm sure you haven't been to an actual guillotining. Not as far but, as I'm aware. But the basket is always held directly where the head would be. So when the head is uh, removed from the body yeah. via the massive blade, the head always drops into the basket. And people in the crowds have often commented that they got that sense, and I, I totally believe it, because the optic nerve is so close to the brain that for a little while that person is actually looking at the crowd and may even be unaware that their head has been removed from their body, which is fascinating. Awful, yes. But in, in answer to your question, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
fucking hell. <laughs> you, you know what? Oh, God. Okay, so, because the question was, yes, did you ever encounter anything that constituted interference with evidence? You never, but, I mean... Well, well what, one... about, what about the guy at, down, at the morgue that the detectives put his, uh, his hand around his penis? So this is a Roger Rogerson-related yes. story. Yeah, it is. Now, can you? I, I know you've told this on the show before, but I don't think you ever went into much detail. Mm. So basically what happened was, and this was detailed in the first book, but yep. you were um, back at the academy uh, for secondary training, mm. and you overheard some cadets who'd basically been... So, so okay, so r- run us through in detail this story. So this doesn't really constitute, I guess, interference with evidence does it because technically well, the interference with the body created it's still pretty evidence. crook though isn't it well yeah yeah you know that the mafia um in italy yeah they remove the man's penis and they stick it in his mouth did you know that now are you sure that's a thing they 100%. do right when you say the man's which man the dead man but which dead man oh Someone that's someone that's been killed by the mafia. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to establish whether they just do this as like a last tradition or whether not, they do it. Paul, you are so sweet. It is not a tradition. Yeah, but you, you didn't say which man. I'm like, is it okay? A bad man. There it's we re- go. That's all I needed. Yeah, okay, just frame cool. it. So okay. if you if you are uh, killed by the mafia, yep. Uh, you know, one of the things that they do is that they remove the gentleman's penis Schwarz. and they stick it in his mouth. Bing bong. Okay. Okay. So now, that's what an you're aside saying, to this story, but yeah, we're so, talking about penises, and I just thought, let's. Well, why not? I mean, that thought did come into my mind, and I thought, let's run with it for a little while. Can I just uh, say something, Dad? Um, yes. For those of you who weren't lucky enough to attend our book launch event for Electric Blue on Zoom, the viewers basically bullied Dad into saying the word vagina, uh, and. As a result, I'm convinced that everyone needs to actually hear this live event. So next week for Loose Ends on Friday, you'll be able to hear a kind of highlights reel of the book launch event. So if you didn't make it and you want to hear the best parts, don't stress. But, Dad, I feel like we've kind of buried the lead a little bit here, mm-hmm. much like a penis buried in the mouth of a bad mafia man. Yep. You were at secondary training and you overheard cadets talking about the fact that Roger Rogerson... Um, Someone had wronged Roger Rogerson and they killed him and then they put his hand around his penis so that when rigor mortis set in, he would have his hand stuck around his penis. Is that, is that correct? Sort of. I mean, I, um, I mean, this happened a long time ago and Roger Rogerson is still alive. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering whether when you say Roger Rogerson, it's like saying bomb on a telephone, whether it sort of activates all these secret sort of... Alarms in some weird building in Canberra. Okay, um, right. But just let me just just let me just say this, Paul. That yeah. Uh, one of the things about listening to other podcasts, other true crime podcasts, is that mm-hmm. I get to hear things from a slightly different perspective, and it makes me realise that you know people do see things historically from different perspectives. But whenever we do our podcasts and you write about my adventures, uh, they are always seen from my perspective, mm-hmm. but they're generally first-hand accounts. But with the Roger Rogerson story, it was you overhearing someone else's Correct. recollection of a thing, and you have no way of verifying the specifics, but I guess the point 
that made it interesting was that later on, a mortician took you into the room where that body mm. was. And I got to see the three gunshots that were perfectly positioned. Uh, one in the middle of his forehead, mm-hmm. one in his temple, which is yep. either to the left or right of the, uh, the front of the head, and one in his chest. Now, it had always been uh, uh, by the family of uh, Warren Land Franchi. He was the deceased on the, mm. uh, on the morgue table that he'd been executed. But there were always other stories floating around the New South Wales Police Force as to the real reasons. Um, but when I was brought in and shown Warren Land Franchi lying on the morgue table at Glebe, the reason I was brought in and shown him was the fact that one of his hands had been moved, obviously whilst he was at the morgue, mm. and they wrapped his fingers around his penis oh, to give wait. him the impression that he was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're saying they came to the morgue? The detectives would have been... No, this happened at the morgue. But so the body would have been... What, wouldn't the body have been? Wouldn't rigor mortis have set in by that point? It would have been really hard. Rigor mortis sets in, yeah, and then the symptoms of or the or the you know the the, the rigor mortis itself, the stiffening begins to then go away, and right. then the body um, becomes relatively, I won't say mobile, but you know it it loosens up a bit, and to no, no one except probably the person or persons that actually did that to Warren Land Franchi, there would be very few people in the world that would know who did it. It's an assumption that it was a detective that thought to him or herself, but on the balance of probabilities himself, that was the final kind of fuck you to a dead person. And what did this guy do? And he just came up and did what I said, put his hand around his... No, I mean, what, what did the guy do to get shot? Just for those who oh, aren't uh, Well, there are various stories. Right. Um, there are lots of, uh, lot, lots of different stories. Um, and could you give us a few truncated uh, just summaries? Well, I can give you my, uh, the one that I uh, heard about and have always believed to be factual. And that okay. Is that Warren Lanfranchi was the third man in a team, a crew, going to North Sydney to do an armed robbery. Yep. Warren Lanfranchi was in the back of the car hiding. Yep. So it looked as though there were just two people driving. A highway patrol motorcyclist pulled the car over uh-huh. very close to North Sydney Police Station on the off-ramp from the Harbour Bridge. The highway patrol officer on the motorbike approached the car, saw Warren Lanfranchi hiding in the back of the car with a firearm. I believe it was a sawn-off twenty-two. The, mm-hmm. uh, then Warren Lanfranchi pointed the gun at the police officer and fired the gun, and the gun right. misfired. Now, I'm not quite sure what happened after that. I think the car got away, yeah. but I have a feeling from the information that I've gleaned over the years and information that I heard at the time, etc., was that... Because uh, Warren Lanfranchi was, I believe, an informant. But his girlfriend was Sally Ann Huckstep, who was found murdered, drowned, mm-hmm. in a park in Sydney. And I don't know whether you recall, Paul, but 
Christine, your mum, was once in court, in the coroner's court, giving evidence yeah. in relation to another matter, and she was actually sitting next to Sally Ann Huckstep. What? What? Mm. Which is just a sort of a, an aside to this story. Now, Sally Ann Huckstep was actually, dare I say it, um, she was quite attractive. I remember that the main thing I remember about Sally Ann Huckstep was that she had a very pronounced gap between her front top two teeth. Uh-huh. So that's what I... And I think she had short hair, but she'd been a journalist. But she... Look, her life is, you know, pretty sad. But I think she's got a daughter. Uh-huh. And, uh, but she was... She was um, in fact, there was that case. Do you, do you recall that case, Paul, where I was working in fingerprints and I, they gave me those palm prints and just said, basically, look, fuck off, boy, and go and... Go and have fun with these stupid palm prints. Yes, that, that that was in yeah, that was in forensics. Yeah, yeah and then I went downstairs to the drug squad. Yeah, and was really yeah, yeah. excited. And then by the time I'd got back to my office, I was hauled over the coals and said, "Don't this ever do that again." You. And it yeah, turned yeah. out that the palm print that I found on a large quantity of heroin that had come in from Asia uh-huh. was Sally Ann Huckstep's palm print. Bananas. So there's a there's a real circular. Story, and I think you'll find in, in in most police forces around the world, within the organisations, a lot of the big stuff, it's it, it has a circular effect. If you dig hard, dig long enough, there will be connections. It's so so interesting. Jesus Christ! And detective work. Um, Kumi said something very interesting to me this morning because she's very very visual and very observant. And I said to her, Kumi, you would have made a very very good detective. Oh. And she looked, her eyes sort of sort of widened and she told me that she had considered a career as a detective. However, she didn't want to do the general duties side of things because obviously you can't just come into the police force and become a detective. Of course. And you have to start out on the street to get that street smart, get, to get the vibe, to, get, to know how the streets work, to know yeah, how crims work. And, um, of course. But that was interesting coming from her. So yeah, it was an interesting morning. But um, I um, I love telling these stories. I know, I know. I love and them. It's, I really do not want this to end anytime soon. Um, but one thing, Dad, that you have been very, very reticent to talk about uh, on the show because uh, I don't know why. I mean, it's something that I'm insanely proud of. So, listeners, please uh, pull up a chair and, and listen to this thing I'm going to tell you. So basically. Dad is a photographer, and he's a very, very good one. And Dad has spent many, many, many months with my sister Anne basically building a website for his photography. Uh, so it's jfvphotography.com. And it's got Dad's amazing photographs. He's selling uh, prints, like framed prints. Um, it's incredible photography taken all over the world. If you want to go across and check it out, I would love everyone to go and support Dad because Dad has just thrown so much of himself into these stories and into the show and into the books and he's just given so much of himself and this is one of Dad's passions and yeah, he is selling incredible prints and uh, he's offering uh, hanging services for Sydney-based customers. So if you want to get some amazing, I mean amazing photography and Dad's already got some kind of clients in the wings right now, uh, head across to jfvphotography.com. Like I said, there's an online store there. I would absolutely love to see some of this stuff on Loose Units listeners' walls because I think it's amazing. Um, there's a few shots here that I'm really, really considering uh, grabbing. And I know Dad doesn't like self-promotion, so I thought I would do it for him. So I can I can hear 
him blushing from all the way across here. So I'm just going to quickly change the subject before we finish the episode just to something else. Uh, Like I said, we had the book launch on Saturday on Zoom and everyone had a really, really good time. Dad said vagina and it was a very special night. So I am going to edit together a kind of highlights reel because the show went for, I think Dad, it went for an hour and 48 minutes like Mm. it was. Can I just touch on something about that night that no one's discussed and I feel as though it's kind of needs to be discussed and that's mainly for those people that were actually watching yeah. the uh, the event. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows that my dad passed away a few weeks ago and I never really, um, I didn't grieve and I may have even discussed it on some of our podcasts about yeah. how I just felt that I thought it was really weird that I hadn't cried, I hadn't, I had that moment in the kitchen here a few weeks ago where I kind of just broke down for about mm, maybe five seconds and even yeah. then I thought it was kind of forced. It was like I felt as though that was part of the something you have to do. Um, and just so everyone knows, because I, I really do, I want to put it out there because Sweet Kermy was the host of this thing. And and I quoted during the podcast, during the, 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 the big live event, and, and there were lots of people watching. So I just really need to put it out there. And that is that I mentioned... Um, something about a saying that my dad had said to me. It was a bit of a joke we had about uh-huh. age. And, it, you know, he, when he was 140, I'd be 110. And, we, and he used to talk about it. And it was just a fun thing. One of, the, one of the only fun things my dad really ever said in his life to me. But um, so I'm aware that we're doing this big live thing and, and everything was going bloody marvellously. And the comments were coming in. Th- it was like rapid fire, the comments at the bottom of the screen. It was just people were really involved. It was such an amazing event. And there were people all over the world. And I completely lost it. I totally broke down. Yeah. And, but I didn't really care because you have no control. And I left. I just walked off screen and I sensed that I was leaving something. And no one, there was just this silence. And I quickly said to Christine, sweet Christine, who was sitting off camera, she's so sweet. <sighs> I just said, Christine, you've got to, you've got to just sit where I was. And poor Christine went and sat there, and all of a sudden, she's like, it was like her being thrust into a stage event where, and she was not prepared for it. She was covering, yeah, she, she was, was covering, yeah. And I went into the bathroom, and I kind of, I mean, I must admit, I was, oh God, it was, it was heavy, and I had no control. It was a bit like going into shock. I just, and then I composed myself, and it was like this real release where I just, it, I had to do it, but I didn't necessarily plan on doing it that night. <laughs> it happened and, and look, the, the comments that came in afterwards were heartwarming and lovely and I and just I wanted to just mention that in the, this podcast, Paul, so I could move on because I, I did course. think about it a fair bit afterwards and I felt, I won't say I felt embarrassed because I didn't, but I just wanted to, touch on it and explain to people that you know it happened and it was like the time I was driving my mate who'd blown his top lip apart and I was trying to get him to hospital and I, I got 50 meters down the road yeah and I went into shock all that's in the book yeah, yeah. and I just yeah. and you have no control mm-hmm. over it I mean yeah. look yeah you just it's weird life's a funny thing and anyway I feel good that I've just uh put that out there well it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of try and convey that in audio form because it's not like you you didn't 
audibly cry. You just basically put your head in your hands and then disappeared and then mum kind of like laughed and ran on a camera. So I'll, I'll find a way to convey that. Maybe I'll just, you know, I'll figure yeah. something out. Yeah. Um, Dad, it, it, it's been so great recording with you again this week. Yeah, I hope, you, I hope you're all having a really great time this week and I hope you're all staying safe. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of Loose Units. But in the meantime, don't forget to head across to Dad's Photography website. Seriously, it's really, really bloody good. So jfvphotography.com. It's amazing stuff. I'm going to make sure it's linked on the Facebook page. And thank you so much for buying Electric Blue and for sharing Electric Blue. And if you haven't already, uh, go across to Goodreads and leave a rating and review for it so and people also, know what And Paul, I, I want the listeners to know that I did not ask you to say anything about my photography website. No, you actually... No, it's Truly, really important. I, I, I almost the opposite. No, you Te- did. You said, please don't say Tegan, anything. And Tegan I- contacted me and, and you both chatted with me about this mm-hmm. yesterday and I... I just said, look, I'd prefer you not to, uh, you know, I'm not we, one to, I just don't like ever. Yeah, we had to. Making we people had, feel that they've we got had to, to do something. But you're very sweet and kind. I appreciate it. Well, look, um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Loose Units, Loose Ends. We hope you're staying safe and we'll see you Monday for more Loose Units. Cheerio. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.